Once more to the trackway with Grey Gamer, myself, Trev. Hello, welcome back, everyone. Uh, bittersweet episode because it's the finale of season three of Picard, and it was so good. We didn't want it to come to an end. Yeah, we great. We just just keep that. going. You don't need vacations, just holidays. Keep, yeah. keep filming. Think I think that it. was about as far as we can go because those those old those old guys can't can't handle much more than that. Well, yeah, like if they come back again in the future, it'll be uh, Zimmer frames. Like, do you remember when uh, the first uh, Kelly was on mm -hmm. TNG? And obviously he was aged up a lot, but like quite a bit more to the point he's walking about in a walking stick or something. Yeah, he he was up there already, though, so it didn't take much makeup. You know, yeah. or you're yeah. thinking of uh, Biff's father from uh, Back to the Future. Like the hoverboard thing, oh, right. the hover yeah. chair thing yeah. was on, yeah. So <laughs> the last last generation, um, yeah, it's bittersweet. It's our uh, season three, episode ten, titled "The Last Generation Review." It's like a two part movie. This great, safe to say, and it's the second mm -hmm. part. Our man, the Lord and Savior, no, not God or Jesus, Terry Metalis. It's a new religion. I'm calling it <laughs> right now. Um, he wrote and directed this episode as well. Um, By the way, uh, just to interrupt for mm -hmm. a second, did you see the tweet that I think it was Terry that sent it out? Um, it was a, there was a shot of, of, the, of the couch and Terry's sitting on the left and in the middle is Walter Koenig and on the right is, um, what's his face, that plays Shaw. Yeah. And he says, nothing better than watching popcorn. this for now with, with Chekhov and Shaw. <laughs> They're eating popcorn. Yeah, I saw that. That was he's, cool. He's shoving the popcorn in the mouth. Nice one, Terry. That's good. Nice one. Um, it's we'll obviously leave our scores to the end, but mm -hmm. it, this was not as good as last week's episode, and that's not a slight on it. It was just oh, no, last no. last week was eleven out of ten for Grey and I, and it was the best episode of Star Trek we've probably ever seen, or certainly up there. So how can you beat that, even in a finale? But it was still bloody good. Just a couple of nitpicks and one issue that I'll discuss at the end. So anyway, right. So as it's opening this episode, Grey. You've noticed this as well. I'm sure you'll appreciate this as yeah. well. Not only, but normally you get that Star Trek, sorry, the Star Trek, well, the, the Starfleet insignia, um, uh, the, the Warp Delta, as it's called, uh, and you get yeah. whatever ship it is, in this case, the Titan, uh, mm -hmm. warping around this thing to create it, and then it's a Star Trek music. But, but now, it's still the Warp Delta, but it's all like Borg fonts, and, yeah, it's, and it's the got Borg music. Right away was the the music was like real subdued and I'm going like, I thought there was something wrong with my speakers and I'm sitting there turning <laughs> my speakers up going like, what the hell? Uh, I hear it just kind of going, Ooh, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and then I saw it. I realized like, Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, right. Did you notice something else? Right. Not only was it the Borg music, but there was some Borg music from first contact as well. I don't know if you picked yeah, up. And, on I, that. and also, I don't know if you saw it, but in that sequence, they actually showed the board cue, but it was only up there for like two seconds. I messed up. Well done, mate. Yeah, I, did, I didn't see it the first time. When I saw it the second time, all of a sudden I go, uh, you blink and you miss it. And all of a sudden the cube gone. Like uh, that. It was just like, 
Yes, I see. This is it. This is why we both do it because I miss things and he misses things. And I, it was a nice start. It's off to a great start with that little uh, intro there. Um, mm -hmm. A nice touch from your man, uh, Terra Metalis, aka God. Uh, now, <laughs> this bit was cool that great mitts he had to he had to go back and check on this one i picked up on it right away which considering this man's a tos he would win pub quiz tos round no problem over me easy and he had you are safe to say great you were like yeah that could be him but i'm not sure i need to go away and check i straight away it's uh the president of the federation um it was what was his name anton Chekhov. now that was anton from the uh, Kelvin Universe's Chekhov. Yeah, I can't remember the, his full name. Do you remember it? The actor that unfortunately died. Yeah, in yeah. An Anton, whatever um, his surname. Yeah, apologies, I don't know that. Yeah. Um, so they did a nice, nice tribute by using the the, the real yes. actor's first name. Yes, and and to be fair, like I don't mind that. Normally, anything to do with the Kelvin Universe should be. I mean, I'm surprised Terry didn't fix that and burn that into existence. But <laughs> it was a nice touch because the man passed away, so he deserves that. Uh, so his name is uh, Anton Chekhov. He is the son um, of the great Pavel, of course, uh, nuclear vessels and all that. And he's he's basically given uh, a little speech about how bad things are at the moment, grey and invasion and all that. But I something I said to you off air was that mm. you noticed that I knew it was him because when he was not struggling to pronounce those stereotypical Ws and whatnot, I could hear him at bits, but he wasn't as strong all the way through because it's supposed to be his son. Right. So, I mean, Walter was Walter Koenig was obviously going, right, let's dull it down a bit, but keep it there to show that it's still, still sure. check-offs. Uh, and you noticed that as well, though, surely. Or maybe you noticed after it wasn't quite as thick as his father. Yeah, I, yeah. when I back and listened to it, definitely not as thick, which would make sense because the son is not going to have the full accent necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's not that you can't pronounce W's. I think it's just really, really heavy, heavy stereotypical yeah. Soviet area accent. Um, so yeah, that was a great touch as well to have him. We don't see him; we just hear the voice. So straight away, yeah. we've got two great starts to this. Graham thinking, and mm -hmm. we haven't even really properly started the episode. Now, from the teaser trailer that Gray and I done a little video on, and thank you for the people that tuned in for that. Done really, 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 really well. Um, Picard orders the Enterprise D, aka Fat Boy. Uh, not my <laughs> nickname for it, Grace. Fat, we're not. We're not, it's, No one's fat. It's just. I used to love the the heck out of it, but I just. But everybody <laughs> kind of. Oh. Call, they even they even made fun of it in this series. They did call it the yeah. fat. You know. Well, wait till you wait. Till, wait till you see what this fat boy's capable of, Gray. I mean, oh hell yeah! People, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This this fat boy's went on a on a diet. Um, but yeah, it's it, it comes out of warp, and then it's the same great view. I noted this, Gray, and you you can mm -hmm. agree with this as well. You don't see the ship going to warp, or well, you do in the last episode, but it comes out of warp this time, and the camera's right in front of it, and you're like, Wait, "Where's right. the starship?" You're looking under your carpet. Wait, no, it's not there. <laughs> And then bang right in your face, and I was like, "This is nice." Terry has got the starship shots down to a T. He knows oh, what yeah. we like, and it's the shots are beautiful, great starship porn all the way. I'm sure you're a big fan as well. Also, by the way, on that whole scene where we see it pop in and they take the the long view of it passing oh, by yeah. the camera and then turning around, that that scene normally would not have been that long. 
Usually they cut those scenes a little bit shorter. And oh, yeah. this one was a long scene. Cheddar cheese, and they man. did it Right. And they did it on purpose because they wanted us to soak all that in. Oh. And I just loved it. It's just, just like this. And then it does the turn. And then you see the 1701D. It was just yeah. Like... Hey, he makes a good point. The camera does pan perfectly from in front of it to around it so that you can then right. see what the bridge crew are seeing, which is the big bloody red spot on Jupiter. Mm -hmm. um, and not only the Borg there, Hidden, hidden a bloody transwarp conduit in the gases of Jupiter, and they're in the red spot. And Gray and I were talking about this because we are a, we are space geeks in general, especially Gray. Um, mm -hmm. And the the red spot had been around for a long time. It's bloody massive. It could hold a few Earths easily just in that little spot. So they're like, where is it? Where is it? The person whose eyesight potentially is a character could be the worst, Picard. Oh, but then again, he is Android at the moment. Sorry, I know we've forgotten about that, but it's a thing. He spots it. I'm like, they're not using sensors. Like, where is it? Where's the board cube? And Picard's like, oh yeah, I can see it. Okay, right. I think, I think it was more this this uh, <laughs> this leftover Lacuta stuff because you know he knows certain things. He still hears certain things. No, but things. you didn't hear what he heard. Kind of yeah, thing. They yeah, normally put that on if you. Yeah, but you you of course yeah. you're right. He's got these things in uh, still in his system. Um, so, yeah, he spots it and they magnify. It's hiding in there. Uh, it's absolutely bloody massive. And I'll come to that in a moment. In fact, I'll just talk about it now. You've got an idea in the past of board cube scales compared to normal ships, right? Yeah. But now they've truly done it justice, Gray. You see the, the D up against the board cube, which is like half poking out. But it's it's like a souped-up board cube. It's got massive antennas and stuff and, uh, yeah. and structures coming out of it. And it looks massive. I mean, Fat Boy is not a small ship, but I need to stop no. calling it that. You've you've rubbed that against me, man. The D, the D is a massive ship, one of the biggest starships yep. that's ever been in Star Trek. But one of the biggest ever made too, yeah, carrying yeah. over a thousand people. And it's tiny compared to this thing. Little you're dot thinking on the screen. <laughs> you're thinking it's going to get absolutely demolished, even if the board cube is uh, is low in power because of it. So I like that. Um, I like that uh, idea, um, and I don't know why they're in the red spot in Jupiter, but uh, why not? Maybe it's less I, dangerous. I, I kind of think, we, at least from what I can tell, we, we find out as we <clears throat> get into the episode, <clears throat> excuse me, that there's something not right with this cube, and I think they needed to hide in there because they just they didn't want to be seen or have any problems. or I needed or, to be in broadcast range as well, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. So they couldn't broadcast across the galaxy, so they had to be in some kind of relative closeness. So what what's better than hiding the big big ass Jupiter? <laughs> I mean, what, you yeah, know, yeah, and the, the board cube as big as the cube is, it's still tiny compared to Jupiter. So of course, yeah, and that's and that's why they couldn't see it initially when they came out of warp. Um, now we go back to the uh, assimilated Armada, Starfleet Armada. And it is still a, a sight to behold. I, I wonder how much those two episodes cost to, to make, Gray, because... Probably more than the rest of the season. Yeah, the CGI <laughs> is really... I mean, but I don't care. I don't care. It was beautiful. You know what? That, but that's, that's smart thinking when you come to you, how you have to spend your money. Because if you're, if you're... You know, when they do these things and they plot out the entire season, you got to think of these things ahead of time. So if you want money shots, then you need to save your money for the money shots. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what they did, pretty much. So you know, yep. There was several episodes where there was very little or no CGI, and that was fine because the story mm -hmm. was so good to carry it through. And then you're saving up the CGI money for a rainy day. And boy, they deliver uh, deliver in these last yeah. two episodes. 
Um, you see the Armada actually now firing space dock, and she is taking a pounding. I mean, I'll say, yeah, like I've never seen so many red red phaser fire beams. It looked it looked like the whole screen was covered with a bunch of lines. It was well cool. It was really 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 cool. And and the thing is. Grey hits the nail on the head. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen as many ships in one go firing. And they're firing everything. And I'm, it's back to the point I made last week. There's only so much even that space dock can uh, take. And we'll right. get to that later on. Space dock is giving it out as well. But I think it's obviously giving it out in a way to not destroy the ship because they know what's what. Right. Uh, they're just trying to disable it. Because you see a couple of ships kind of like rolling away for the want of a better term. Uh, not blown up, so uh, it's just about putting everything into defences for the most part. Now, um, seven. This happens really quickly, Gray. Seven um, and some of the older generation, because not 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 the the, the D crew, but some of the older yeah. fellas and gals left on board. Mm-hmm. Above twenty five. Yeah, um, I was gonna say the, the semi olders. <laughs> what, what are they gonna call them? They... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the older lot. The older lot. Um, yeah, the, the young adults. No, that's the young, the older adults. Older adults. The older adults. Yeah, um, there you go. Older adults. They, they retake the Titan Bridge, and it seems to happen too quickly. It's not a nitpick. It's it's, it's an observation. It, it happened a bit too easily, but it's partly because uh, they come up with I don't know if it was Seven or one of the other guys. It's a teleporting gun. I mean, literally, it's a teleportation gun. I wondered why they were all buggering off to. See, when they get shot, I thought she was going to stun them, but I thought at first, initially, Grey, that they were all um, just beaming out before the shot hit them as like an emergency fail-safe thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you think that, or were you thinking... That's what I thought at first, yes. Yeah. yeah, But then I saw saw the timing was like like spot on to when they were shooting. I'm like, that... Too good, wasn't it? Listen, I thought it was some brilliant writing. I wouldn't have minded it little explanation behind how the heck they did that but that's okay you know it's science fiction you got to stretch it here and there um, um it does a big shout out to the cook gray yeah i i, I commented he was a little <laughs> bit goofy i mean it was okay i don't mind him being goofy but he was, was going funny. on a little like bit, he was going on a little too long about well my parents and hey, you would do the same i would do the same you'd be shitting a brick right now if that was you yeah Enough. but it was more like you know sit down okay but the thing that i liked was more was seven gave a really good rah-rah speech she had to really get these people that didn't good. know what the hell was going on into action some kind and she did a good job of that she got them all rallied up including the cook who was a pilot so okay he had yeah. talent you know yeah. some talent and he, and he hey like if you think about it later on what he does and we'll touch on it when we get to it he's doing an all right job considering what yeah. they had to yeah. do you know so um i guess it never leaves you it's like riding a bike Piloting a starship. Um, so now no here's do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> here's the interesting thing I touched on before that I'm going to go into a little bit more depth now. Uh, with the cube versus Enterprise D, the cube is only thirty six percent operational now. I'm thinking, thank God, because a it looks battered yeah. anyway. It's, uh, sorry, a uh, b it's hiding out, and c. If it was fully operational, the D, even fully powered D, stands no chance. It's just that's what yeah. it was back in the day, and it's still going to be the case now. So they, right. they level it out a little bit, which is fine. Um, and they are this this was interesting here. Uh, Data talks about how he's got this kind of 
new fear and this emotion and he thinks he, he hates the Borg. And I was like, wow, that is... He, he was even saying how like all the the bad things they were doing and the suffering and and he just had an emotion. Remember, he's just become human, so he's getting overwhelmed yep. with these emotions and he's not sure how to handle it or express himself. So he just kind of like, what? Well, he he's not overwhelmed to the extent of Star Trek Generations where he was needing about right. five Valium after that and an appointment right. with the Shrine. He can still do his job. <laughs> he can still do his job. Yeah. He was a he was a nervous wrecking generations man. I know I know how he feels. Yeah. Um now the 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 TNG crew have to split up now, uh, which is a shame because I wanted to see Picard or Riker pilot the Enterprise later on for what we'll talk about, the awesomeness. Um but Riker, uh Worf and Picard, yeah, they're all going to mm-hmm. go over to the Borg Cube to try and find uh, Jack after the Borg Cube lowers its defences and fights them in. What did you make it up, man? Is, I mean, why would you do that if you're a Borg Cube? The only thing I could gather from that, from, from the rest of the show, was, was the fact that uh, the Borg Queen knew that, that uh, Picard was the cutest, mm-hmm. and she wanted to invite him in to basically hassle him you know and tell or him, get like, him you know, on hey, board get him get him on get board, him on board and stimulate him as well yeah and then they would have both him in and the kid oh be a perfect little family borg like yeah but remember family. she said she said late well i know we're getting ahead of ourselves but she did comment the queen like you know the kudos is home okay yeah true that's a good point, mate. But, I, a good point. I, but, you're, but you're right i thought about that at first i'm going like what are, why are they inviting him but, yeah. but Picard seemed to know why. He didn't say it, but that look on his face the, told me that he knew what they were doing or why they were doing it, whatever. The, the Borg Cube would normally... So Borg Cubes shouldn't normally fire on you by default, right? Because if you're a threat, they'll, they'll, they'll do something about it. But they know what the D's about and the TNG crew are about, so you would think logically you would take out straight away. But, it, but I'm glad he didn't, because we had the rest of the episode to go. Now... When Worf invites himself down with Riker and Picard, because Riker says, ah, I'll go as well, we'll make it a twosome. And then uh, Worf goes, I'll come along, we'll make it a threesome. And then I burst out laughing. I have a drink <laughs> in my mouth. I'm at work. It went all over my laptop. Riker comments, do you hear yourself right now? I was pissing myself <laughs> laughing at that. I'm assuming you had a chuckle at that. I watched that about yeah. five times, Gray, that part. I almost, I almost, I, I kind of, <laughs> saw that one coming about a second before it did because as soon as he said that i was already thinking it and then Riker <laughs> says it right right at the same time I was like oh my god see the humor yeah. with Riker and Worf yeah. in this season man it's just been epic they're like frenemies you know and and, and kind yeah. of way that they just butt off each other but they're they complement each other so well um yeah. that was a chuckle so threesome ahead they they all were uh, been been down um and then Card says it's been an honor serving with you as he leaves the Enterprise. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, Gray, you obviously yeah. get some thoughts on that as well. I'll, I'll let you carry on for a sec. Well, to the way it seemed to me, because we had already talked a little bit about, well, could someone else die? And we all figured, all right, well, probably uh, Picard is going to be the one that dies because he's pretty old and, you know, it would make a good exit for him or for the character. So we don't really know. 
And then when he starts talking about going down there and it was a pleasure serving with you, I mean, he was already talking about this is a suicide mission. We, we probably ain't coming back. Yeah, that's true. You know, so I just want to tell him or at least at the, at the most, he wouldn't be coming back, if not all three. So and the cool thing was just in just in the the writing, the acting and in the camera angles, everything that was done, the whole scene was like so thick you could cut it with a knife kind of thing. Oh, yeah. uh, they were just like, you know, oh, God, this this. This could be it, man. It's After great, all these years, it's, it's caught up with analogy. us. Yep. Analogy. And great acting as well. Like you, you mentioned it as well. It yep. really, really was. Um, who said Star Trek actors couldn't act? Um, not us, anyway. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> moving on, we have uh, Picard going his separate ways. It's, 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 they're splitting up again, even on the Borg ship, which, you know, strength of numbers and all that. Picard's going his separate way from Worf and Riker. Um, and it was, it was kind of a really sweet moment because it was, it was yeah. kind of thank you for everything you've done for making a grey, and Riker and all that's like you know any time we'd, we'd all we'd always do this again. So it's like after one emotional scene, we have another, even more personal emotional scene. I'm thinking this is too much for me, man. Can we get into a fight now? So I'm not so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was it was great because it made sense. You know, like he. Uh, what do you call it? He told Riker, he says, listen, I, you guys can go on. I have to forget being your captain, and now I have to be a father. And it was perfect, because that made total sense. Instead of just going, like, I'm going to go run off. From, you, know. Yeah. He, you know, he had the emotion going. He just said, like, this is, you know, I have to stop being a captain. I'm no longer your captain right now. I'm a father. I've got to do this. And immediately, Riker, being through the, you know, the troubles he's had with the, with the son dying and everything, he knows right away. And he just goes, you know, I know. And that was it. So they split up from that point. And it made total sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, definitely. It was a beautiful scene. Um, and then the beautiful scenes then followed by uh, finally Picard catching up with his son again, Jack. And it looks like we got a mini Locutus or a Locutus mm -hmm. Mark II. Um, he's dressed up in the full Borg outfit, literally the full shebang standing right. there talking gibberish borg gibberish and i'm thinking i like the outfit it's uh it's like the tng era but of obviously the prosthetics and and whatnot is a bit better yeah. than it was then so it looked a bit better i thought he looked pretty cool as a as, as a yeah. person i agree yeah 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 it did look pretty neat yeah. and i think that whole scene was great because picard was in complete horror because he's like flashing back to when he went through all this stuff and then he's going like and he's getting super pissed off because he's going like, bad enough you had to put me through it, but now you put my son through it, and he's like, he's like not having this man. He's mad. He is. He is pissed off, and he, no, no, no shits given. He he is on the give no shits tour because he's he wants to save his son. He's got something else on the line here. We do finally see the Borg Queen, who yeah. uh, is voiced by Alice Creech, who uh, not played by her. No, not played by her, but this I don't know why. Like she, I still don't I don't get it either. She, I don't so understand that. Part. She's she's messed up in one side of her face. Now, the, the idea they give from that is the Borg individual Borg units that they pass on the way to where the Borg Queen is are decaying. She's literally cannibalizing mm -hmm. her own Borg people to feed herself. And and part of her's decayed. You could see her like there's not a hell of a lot to her now. Um so yeah. that was a nice way of discussing or telling everyone what the state of 
current state of affairs was with the Borg. Plus, right. I mean, Alice Cree's face didn't need to be, I mean, the, act, the actor or the actress that played her. Uh, I don't know why they didn't get her on board because that's a I mean, it, I, I don't think it was a big deal because of the way the Borg Queen looked anyway. Um, but it is a little weird. The only thing I can think of is that maybe the actress just didn't want to go under all that makeup. And I, and I could kind of understand that. Uh, you know, because I'm obviously she's probably older and she's just not willing to go that far. So they just said, "Hey, no problem. Can we use your voice?" And she said, "Yeah, sure." So well, she it is, worked. She is my favorite bar queen because um, a bit dark there. A um, I loved her in First Contact. She was the movie bar mm -hmm. queen, uh, and then Suzanne Thompson's fine. And I apologize, the lady that was in season two of Picard as well was also very good. No, no yeah. qualms in them at all. It's just. He was the first big motion picture Borg queen yeah. we saw, and she was a real threat. Um, and I've met, I've she, met. She identified more with what we remember, especially of the of the of the original crew. Yeah, uh, yeah and and she was sure. damn good at it too. So, but um, you know. and I've met her as well. So I met her in person, yeah, as well, like which is which is oh. a, a claim to fame. So, and she was she was a good dancer. I think I see now. You, you met time, one. So. You met one person from Trek. I've met. Oh shut up! No, I met just... several people. Hey, I met I met most. I'm just pulling of, your I, leg. I, I met most of the Voyager cast. Have you? Other one there. Uh, uh, I met uh, uh, Kate Mulgrew. Same. Uh, briefly though, because it was more of a. Uh, I didn't get a chance to to interview her, so it was more like I only got got to talk to her for like thirty seconds, and you know she signed my autograph uh, on my picture. But uh, other than the rest, I'm trying to think if I don't think I. No, I don't uh, think I really ended up meeting the rest of the crew. Jerry Ryan wasn't there, unfortunately. She was too busy. I was very, very sad yeah. about that. For obvious reasons. Yeah. Actress, that's why. Um, anyway, course, moving on. Among other things. <laughs> um, she's, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going there. Um, Look, so, we're human. Come so, on. So, so she, <laughs> she's, uh, the Borg Queen's messed up. Um, yep. And Grey Notes here, but you kind of like this because it's not quite the same Borg experience we're used to, so it's it's nice to actually move on the Borg a little bit in their story, yeah? Well, the thing I thought that was great about this, and again, in the great writing for this, is that we all know the Borg as we have known them, and that means that, there sh that when they beamed over, there should have been like hundreds of Borgs all around, and they're all running around, and you're not going to have a chance getting anywhere, et cetera, et cetera, because we've experienced a lot of that in past episodes before. But this made was great writing because when they beam over, they're not being overwhelmed by Borg. The Borg are like, some of them are skeletons or just not able to, or they're dying. Yeah. And so that makes up, that makes all the difference in the world to how they were even able to get as far as they got because the Borg cube, besides the fact that it was only 36% operational, it was also from the inside, not right. very populated. So it was messed up. And that was perfect because I was sitting there thinking the whole time, and I know you were too. How are they going to just just go and put up, go up against a Borg? Period, a big Borg ship and a mothership at that, which yeah. is basically what I kind of looked at it as being. Yeah, um, there's just no way. And then I said, ah, oh, okay. So now they wrote the whole the whole storyline of how this happened. I go, okay, now that's brilliant. Now it makes sense. It made it fair. Made it made it reasonable exactly. to stand the chance, you know. Um, and again, hats off to the writers, because every time you and I have come on, especially the last four or five episodes, where we keep on going, oh, God, I hope they haven't written themselves in a corner. Oh, I think that. I don't know. Yeah. Every week we say that, 
And every week they write themselves just fine. Sometimes and I'm just they get like, close wow, to it. Good. Sometimes they get close to writing themselves into that corner and then they come away with the one line to come right it. out. Yep. Yep. And that just shows brilliant writing. If you can do that and keep you keep just the pure fact that you and I kept saying that episode uh, as we've been filming this for all these last we both kept on saying this over and over and over just shows how good the writing was and also shows how bad the writing was before that before this. Yeah, it's a comparison thing, isn't it? It's night and right, day. Because we were so, right. We were so jaded by the first two seasons that were crap that we were just going like, oh, my God, because you know, we had no we, we were losing faith in the writers. And so it made it even harder to sit there and like go into this thinking like, well, how much better could it be if they're going to if they don't do this right? And boy, we were happily surprised. Oh, and yeah. everything's work, working out. So Delightfully surprised. Um, mm-hmm. So after seeing Messed Up, Borg Queen, um, Seven has a great plan. Now, I love this. This is, I think it's Seven's plan. Someone tell me in the comments if I'm wrong. Um, that the line of sight that the, the, the new Starfleet protocol has for all the ships acting as one is, sorry, is line of sight. Um, which is so simple. I, I couldn't believe how simple it was, Gray, but literally, I thought it'd be something more complicated or fancy, but no, literally as if they can see each other with their sensors line of sight, they have got the one collective unit. I'm not even talking about the Borg aspect of it. That's this, uh, mm. what did they call it? What was the mode they called that again? Do you recall, Gray? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah, I, but- think, I think part of the line of sight thing, though, wasn't just, uh, wasn't a, I don't think it was really a Starfleet idea. I think it was a, a limitation of what the board could do, and it was, and it, would, it turned out to be a limitation to, to to Starfleet's advantage or to Seven's advantage. Yeah. Uh, so another piece of good writing because you know they were able to do all this, but but it was line of sight. So so as soon as that was explained, that makes and like sense. you said, we see Seven goes, oh, we have a cloak. This yeah. you know, at least at least we can help. Still have the cloak, don't they? We haven't forgotten about the cloak. Yeah. They have used that a couple of times in this season so far. And as I've said mm-hmm. to people before, I'm glad we are using that now because the Roman Star Empire and the Treaty of Alderaan is, is gone now. So we should mm-hmm. see more cloaks now going forward. And it's that old Klingon bird of prey cloaks. It makes the same sound effect. It make, has the same visual yeah. effect, which is hits the old nostalgia bone. I love that. So literally their plan is, it's, it's bonkers. It's batshit crazy. The cook is going to fly the ship, right? The cook, yeah. the same cook, the one that's scared shitless, we're going to cloak the ship, move in amongst the fleet, appear for a moment, fire shit tons of phasers and torpedoes, and then cloak again and then move away so they can't get line of sight. And for a little while, they are actually pulling that off. In all seriousness, they yeah. are pulling that off. Um... They're doing a bit of damage, but it was a distraction method only because they know they've clocked on to the fact that uh, the Enterprise D is engaging the Borg for the want of a better phrase. So, Right, because they know they're not going to be able to keep it up. But like, like Seven said, they just wanted to buy as much time as they could to allow Picard to some kind of success. So they did what they could. And it was great. It was great because at any moment, and, and it had that whole feeling throughout the that scene as, as well as the episode you knew that they could get blown out of the water at oh, any yeah. time and and even even the one of the officers said that uh uh they were using predictive algorithms to get a rough idea of where they would pop up or where, where, what their pattern was and so yeah. they were getting hammered even if they were under cloak 
That's a good you know, point. as a well. Good point. That is. Um, well, I should mention as well before uh, when the Borg uh, under twenty fives, the, the half assimilated crew, they were the older all, adults. <laughs> no, younger adults. They they were all beamed <laughs> to uh, the transporter room um, and locked in yeah. there, so they couldn't get out. Uh, and I knew that was going to hit the fan eventually because I'm sorry, yeah. you can't keep them locked in one room for too long. Um, now, back at the cube, uh, Picard tries to do what Jack could not. Jack wasn't able to, I think, physically what was built into when he tried to shoot the, yeah. the Borg Queen. He couldn't even get shot off and he dropped his phaser. Picard was like, hold my beer, no problem. Tries to take several shots. Of course the bloody Borg Queen's got a shield around her. Of course yeah. she does. And she laughs. And it's that brilliant Alice Creech Borg Queen laugh that's just evil. Yeah. I loved it, man. I was like, yes. With all the little effects in the background going off. She's going, ah. <laughs> it was like it was like it was like the Wicked Witch of the West, but the yeah, exactly. Person, Wizard you know? of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So it was a nice touch. Uh, hey, I just whoa, 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 whoa! This just well, came to my mind. No, this is going to sound silly, but it's funny. God, okay. Think about this. We just said the Wicked Witch, right? What color was she? Black. Or was she? No. I don't know. It's been a long time. What mate. color was her? What color was her skin? All green. <laughs> Borg. Green? Uh, well, they're not, they're, they don't have green skin. That's just their technology. I know, man. but still. Yeah. But, the, but Borg is green, 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 green. So you know, a you, lot of green. You know what's going to have to be my description for the YouTube video after this when I'm putting up what happened? I'm, we, I'm going to have to factor in the Wizard of Oz into this description somewhere now that you've mentioned <laughs> it. Hashtag Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, very the good Borg, point, Greg. The Borg of Oz. <laughs> I mean, we segue, but this is a classic. This is up there, man. Oh, this, is, this needs to be yeah. YouTube short, I think, now. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, good point. <laughs> uh, after he fails trying to kill the Borg Queen, um, she... This is a nitpick, and this is what other pundits and commentators of YouTube channels have said as well. She says, the future of the Borg isn't an assimilation, but evolution. I found this interesting. And I don't have a big problem with it, but the Borg are about assimilation. They're not about ev uh, evolution because that's not the Borg. It's not to say they can't change. Of course they can change. But when the Borg are pretty monotonous and predictable and what they're going to do and they, they get what they want through assimilation, so to do it a different way and go completely against what they're about, it's a nitpick. It's not a problem. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think Grey mm. does either, but some people mentioned that, no, this is not really how we want our Borg. But those Borg are far better than Jurati's hippie crew that she's got yeah. from the galaxy. God knows. They're probably yeah. in a hippie retreat somewhere in some, I don't know, like meditating or something. So, I, I, I could be wrong, but the only... They've, they've addressed a lot of things in season three that, that were a bit of a callback to one and two, even though we hated Terry had a lot to fix, didn't he? To be fair. However, however, they never once mentioned anything to do with the Borg or Girardi at all in the season, which leads me to believe that they just basically said, uh, I'm just forgetting that, man. Forget it. It's just not, it's not even, it didn't well, even happen. They're not the OG Borg. <laughs> of course they're not, mate, because when Girardi took her Borg away, it was like a new subspecies of the Borg. So they are not the mm -hmm. Borg. They are Borg, but not the Borg. So... I accept it. I don't like that, but as long as the Borg and do I know something? 
I hope they're not completely wiped out forever. It's like it's like uh, Doctor Who for Doctor Who fans out there with a the master. It's arch nemesis. I never want him or the Daleks or the Cybermen to ever be permanently killed off because they are the top bad guys. They come back in some way or form. So I hope the board a long time from now give them a break for a while after this because we've done them a lot. Yeah, bring them back much. in the future mm-hmm. and then a different angle. So, so that means that this but. If you believe it's still there, the Splinter Borg group that Girardi is is actually the Smorgasbord. The what now? The Smorgasbord. Get it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to do it. I, 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 uh, apologies. I think my colleague uh, has been on some Alien or LSD or a bit of both. I don't know. Um, and- we're we're just in, we're just inspired by the great writing on on this season, so we come up with all these exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll bring our segue back in full circle. Yep, um, back to Earth. Now, the bat I discussed before about the cook and the Titan saving the day mm-hmm. comes to fruition where they are doing the turning the cloak on, moving away disengaging it, firing, re-engaging it, etc, etc. And the shots here are brilliant. It comes out, literally uncloaks, fires everything it's got in one salvo, cloaks again, and keeps doing it. And right. the, you, you know you know here as well, um, Ray, if you remember, uh, but the good mm-hmm. speech that Seven gives again, because it's, is this the same speech she gives before they start firing? Is that the speech you're talking about? No, th- this was the speech that once they uh, finally were like done with everything, and the and the uh, and the other um, what are we calling them now? The Borgets? <laughs> I don't know what we're calling them. Oh, my. Um, break break out of the thing, and they destroy the cloak, so they can't cook. You know, they can't cloak anymore and stuff. Um, she it. gives another speech, and she just tells them, "Look, we're probably dead, but this is how we're going to do it. I mean, we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. That's the only thing we can do." That is you know, so she yeah, and she gave some great speeches because they're she did a really good job because they you really felt it you really like wow there's this is like you know you felt like you were <laughs> listening or you were part of the crew. I I think they may have only slowed them down for a matter of minutes, great, but it sounds of it um, because yeah. you literally see on screen what they they done. They only got a few salvos away uh, before the the bar right. were able to track them, which is not a surprise. Um, they were getting shots on the ship even when it was still trying to cloak. Uh, but then when the cloak goes, like Gray says, because the Borg, it's, I'm not calling them that, the under-25s escape, um, and then they take out the, the, the cloaking unit, for want of a better right. phrase. And, and actually, that was again, that was another great bit of writing because I didn't really think about that. First thing you go time. for. I, I, I thought they were going to go straight to the bridge. Well, they, they're all and... talking to each other, aren't they? So they know what the priority right. is. So they stop right away and go for the cloak first and then decide to go to the bridge. So I was like, oh, okay, that's good. Isn't the usual good twist. How, how do you think they decide on what to do? They're a collective. So they all think the same or they all come to the same agreement. Well, I'm, is it like a Borg pole? Uh, like, let's go to the yeah. bridge. No, let's take out the the, the, the cloaking device. They're, they're voting, or they but really rock, fast. Paper, scissors for it? Or, uh, must be a pole. Got to have a Borg pole. Yeah, they're, they're doing a pole, but it's so fast we can't see it. So it's like, <laughs> Borg pole. Press one now. Destroy the Titan too. Go to the bridge. Um, so it's like a game show. <laughs> but back in the back back in the bar cube. Um, the, the, I, 
the Riker and Worf at this stage. Now, I'm trying to remember, they, they had a separate angle, uh, angle in this, didn't they? They had to take something out. Was, do you remember what their... They were, uh, they were, their, their job was to get the plans for finding out where the beacon was. So and, and then Ricard, Ricard split off to go take care of his son, right? That's it. That's uh, it. So that's why they had to stay and do that, because that was equally as important. It was. Um, they, they find what they're looking for, but it's going to take a bit of time. Of course it is. Well, they're, they're typing away there and trying to uh, get the plans off this device. And then finally, we actually see some proper OG Borg, the ones that the the Borg Queen hasn't gotten oh, around I, to. That was, those Borg units were probably, those Borg drones were probably the, the Borg Queen's dessert. She hadn't gotten around to munching on them quite yet. <laughs> so they there's like two or three of them. Um, and... They don't get a chance to actually get the phasers off because I wanted to see the old shields adapting again. Remember the old crappy mm-hmm. CGI thing they used for the shields uh, coming up and absorbing the phaser fire? I love that. It's so cheesy and tacky. Well, if, if, if you think about it, there could it's be a logical. reason for that. Well, one, it's 36% operational, right? They might get hit. Uh, number get hit. two, who's going to get the most protection out of everybody on that ship? The queen, yeah. yeah. So the queen's got the got the best shields, right? So the others don't. So that's probably part of the reason, right there. They're yeah. not. They're, even though they were pretty functional, they weren't fully functional board because they're at a deficit. Yeah, they probably don't have shields. They probably don't have energy weapons on them. They were um, they were hand to hand, and mm-hmm. they were a bit more nimble and faster than the OG Borg that we remember, which I don't have a problem with. Uh, they should have a bit more get go to them to be fair right um they are tanks so. and, they're, and they're fighting the older dudes now so that you know these guys gotta move around a little, a little bit it is well that's that, that's true hey as i know here both of them are taking hits right several yeah. hits and and uh wharf takes a couple of phaser shots as well because the, yeah. the the borg managed to i don't can't remember they use their own phaser they pick up a phaser they get a couple of shots in um which i found cool and but or solid, isn't he? So he takes it like a champ. But you can see them both absolutely burst at one point. Just going, God. Uh, and then, you know, i seen this bit. This was hilarious. The old uh, phaser hiding inside the Batleth. Or the, the Klingon sword. It wasn't a Batleth, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was a Batleth or whatever. But the, the thing that was real funny was, too, was that, uh, what was it, Worf uh, handed the Batleth over to Riker. And Riker immediately goes to the ground with it and goes like, God, I didn't know this thing was this heavy. I thought heavy. he was exaggerating. <laughs> it was actually, it's genuinely that heavy. Apparently. You know, I mean, it is, <laughs> look at the size of that thing. I mean, I can understand it, it being, you know. And then, of course, and like you were saying, he, then he finds that there's, and he's, and he's going like, what are you giving this to me for, right? And he's going like, look in the hilt. And he pulls a phaser out of it. I'm like, well, where did this come from? <laughs> you had that the whole time? I was like, Damn. And then, then, then he's, of course, they're shooting. And then that, that was a, one of the funniest scenes. He goes, like, you had, a, you had a, 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 a phaser hidden here all the time? Like, why didn't you just take it out and fire? And he goes, because swords are fun. <laughs> that was great. Warp just goes, swords are fun. Like, okay. <laughs> we'll do some special shout-outs and nominations at the end of this and our overall... Well, actually, no, no, we're going to save that as a special, I think. I think Gray and I yeah, will talk yeah, about yeah. coming back next week when there's no more Ricard. And uh, talking about it overall. And we're Star Trek at all till June the fifteenth or whatever. We've got plenty of specials to talk about. Don't you worry. We'll be yeah. cr- we'll be cranking things up here on the trekway. Um, so now the 
Now, finally, here we go. This is probably, probably, I can't talk now. Yeah. Uh, one of Sorry. my favourite parts of this work, whole... Work's getting to you. It must be. Slow assimilation. I'm well over 25, mate. I'm safe. <laughs> <laughs> Not happening. Um, at the Borg, finally, the, the cube starts attacking Enterprise D. Now, only attacks it if it's a threat, and it's now starting to see it as a threat. Now, um. Uh, she is initially taking a bit of a pound in Enterprise D. The Borg cube is getting mm. several shots in, torpedoes in as well. I've never seen Borg fire torpedoes, but you do here. Um, and then Jordi, Jordi, Jordi asks Beverly. She's taking the control of tactical. She has to. Right. Uh, and then literally she kicks into like warrior mode. And then you just this this brilliant scene of the Enterprise flying down close to the Borg ship. And taking out the phaser turrets, and phaser shots are firing left, right, and center. The pedos are flying left, right, and center. All the turrets they had to take out were taken out, and then it pans back to Beverly, and all the crew turn around and just look at Beverly. <laughs> like, Damn! It was a great um, what is the what? thing that was? Here's another thing that I like about wow. again the writing was good, right? Because we were thinking this as she's doing it, and so they reacted the way we were thinking of it as we were watching it. And they just turn around and go like, so how did you learn how to do all this? And of course, her simple answer is like, you know, I've done a lot in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> she has, she has. She was fighting. She was in the Ilios, her own ship. She was every officer. She had to be. Um, yeah. She is arguably the most lethal doctor we've ever had in Star Trek. It's, beh- yeah. it's, it's, it's between her. Well, you could argue, though, her... Uh, Bob Picardo was the ECM, oh, yeah. the, the emergency command yeah. hologram, and then yeah. Dr. Julian Bashir was bloody section 31, so we had some lethal doctors in our, our, our yeah. time. Um, so yeah, that was fantastic. The CGI shot for that, Gray, was fantastic. It was yeah. the TNG music come on as it was flying, ducking yeah. in and out, firing torpedoes, firing phasers. Oh, Again, perfect music, perfect timing. It's all, It's just there's I mean, nothing bad about that, was there, that scene? Everything was nah. just perfect, yeah. Ah, oh, so good, man. I watched that several times as well, like the best. Oh, bits. of course. Yeah. <laughs> rewind, rewind, rewind. Uh, we don't have tapes, and we're still rewinding like that and make this the rewind yeah. sound effects. Um, right, now, in fact, final... in fact, just a side funny note, occasionally when you do that and you're streaming, not always, but occasionally when you roll it back, the buffering gets messed up, and so it'll take a second because it's buffering, that that happened once, and I'm going like, "Come on, I want to see the scene again." And it's going, <laughs> like, "Come on." This is why I download uh, the episodes, so I don't need to worry about that. Anywho, yeah, right? This is another equally fantastic part of the episode. I think mm-hmm. they finally find the transmitter at the heart of the cube after uh, Worf and Riker discern sure. its location. And they're talking about how it's impossible to get there because it's in the heart of the Borg ship and the Enterprise D, while it's tiny in comparison to the to the Borg cube, is still the fat boy and it's not designed for that and no one could get them through. As soon as Jordy's saying that, I'm like, I'm sorry, Data can because he's an android. He is the best pilot for yeah. quick nanosecond adjustments, right? So I know that right off the bat. But then... Data has data has a moment where he's like, and then starts moving things on on the the the, pat, the, the control unit in front of him, and, and 
Jordy's like, what the hell are you doing, man? And he's like, listen, trust me, I've got this, I can get us through this. And he's like, no, it's impossible. And I'm thinking, Jordy, sorry, you're wrong. He's an android. He is better at you than this. And then Data says, oh, just trust me, guys. I'm listening to my gut. To which Jordy's mm-hmm. like, have a bloody gut, you idiot. Like, you know, he's just really confused, but he's yeah. got the emotions now. So um, I get well, there's, it. There's, and there was one part I thought was really good that when Spiner, and Spiner did a great job, I'll admit, too, in this whole thing. But he said, even as him knew his new Android self, he did say computationally, he said that, yeah, that the chances are slim, but I'm going with my gut. And it's just like, so he did admit that it was going to be almost impossible. But at the same time, he said, I'm going with my gut. The, the funny thing was, because Jordy hears this, he's just like, go with your gut. Like, it's almost like, are you nuts? <laughs> like, you're going to fly the whole starship on your gut? I'm like, what you don't have. <laughs> But then it was a great scene when he fi- when this was one of the few times, right? You know, because we're not used to his new emotions. Yeah, he got really he got really mad, and he just she shouted everybody down. And says, just trust, trust, me. trust me, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they're just like, okay. I mean, it wasn't quite shouting. It was just it was voicing your opinion a bit True, stronger but, than usual. Right, but everybody clammed up when he said that. Yeah, and, and then they just go like, oh, all right, okay, yeah, we'll trust you, man. And this was. A navigational masterclass from our favorite robot. <laughs> Literally, yep. the music comes on again, and then the Enterprise D goes into it. I mean, why is there so many bloody gaps in a Borg ship? And that isn't because it's damaged. These were natural crevices and gaps in the ship. It just It's a security nightmare, Borg. Get it sorted now. Um, Enterprise D flies in, and it's ducking in and out and weaving and going under bridges and over bridges and taking less and right and firing at the same time. And this is all Data. He's doing everything, as far as I'm concerned yeah. here. He's doing it all at the same time. And you see Data moving his hands about like that. Yeah, he's going like this. And then crossing <laughs> his hands. And when you're driving, they teach you never to cross your hands. Come on, Data. You not learn this in pilot class. Anyway, so he's uh, t- t- tapping away. And yeah. I'm thinking, this is bloody epic. The CGI and music, again, like the previous scene, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing we have to come back to, Gray. Now, it's, it's an epic. It's not a problem. Just emphasize yeah. this, right? Fat Boy, yeah. Enterprise D, was never, ever supposed to be that maneuverable. Now, I'm not saying it takes... It's not like a 90-year-old adult that takes forever to get down the road or something, you know? it's yeah. it, it can still move about just fine. But even for Starship terms, Gray, this thing is huge. It's 40 years old. There's no mm. way, in my opinion, even now it could do this. Now, Gray's counterpoint was they didn't have the budget and the resources back in the day, which I can understand. But I don't know if you see my point at all, Gray, that it just doesn't seem very practical for fat boy Like Voyager well, or Defiant or something, yes, they're a lot more maneuverable. Sure. What's your thoughts? I, I, if you notice too, it, this and there's there's some precedent a little for this. And if you look back at Strange New Worlds, and the Enterprise in Strange New Worlds, yes, it's not as big as the as the Galaxy class, but uh, the Enterprise in Strange New Worlds is highly maneuverable compared to the original series. Because let's face it, in the original series it went like this, it went like this. It went like this. <laughs> really, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. as beautiful as it was, and, and yeah. I love it to death. That's that. It wasn't even it. CGI. It was a man with a stick, <laughs> right? But now we, we it's brought up to more normal because again, I think what we forget sometimes is there's a there's a difference 
it's a hard difference and it is science fiction i get it you, you can be less maneuverable but let's remember something in space there's not a lot of friction going on it's not like you're sailing through the air okay so little movements you know can make you move pretty wildly i mean you you can see that in normal space today plus it's data pilot in the ship he can make those adjustments that a human maybe couldn't and the the ship responds to him right so so i that's like you said it's a it's a little nitpick but it's not enough to even oh no i i would rather they done what they done because it was absolutely fantastic that scene gray wasn't it like the previous scene Mm -hmm. with beverly i'm like just keep doing that for the whole episode just like let's get firefights keep going yeah it was really good. It was very well done. You, you look back at it a couple of times, you can see how well done it was. And it was just like, it was great. I mean, they're just firing out and everything's going the right way and, and the music's going. It's like, you know, like Charge of the Light Brigade or something. It's just uh, yeah. like, go, it's like going, you know, as I know, and it was perfect. As I, as I note here, the, the end of that scene, uh, who knew Fat Boy could be so maneuverable? No one, yep. apparently. Um, Right. Okay. Now this 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 bit here, I need your opinion on Gray. And I, you, you've obviously chimed in, but space. We go back to the the Armada firing on space dock, and it looks it doesn't look like the space dock shields finally give out. Now right. you don't see it getting destroyed, but I would imagine it would happen quickly after because we discussed how powerful space docks really are, and sure. a lot of people are not aware of how. OP they are because they have to be. They're one of the last lines of defense. Um, so the shields are gone. It's down to it's a blade of armor and whatnot to keep it going. Um, I, I'd imagine it would have been taken down shortly after I had the conclusion not been what it was. But right. I thought at that point, I thought before the scene jumped on from that gray, I thought it was going to be um, blown up. I thought, yeah, no chance it, it survives mm-hmm. at all. Um, and you were a bit confused as. You know, I thought it was a bit impractical for one space stock to hold up an entire planetary shield. I didn't get that either, Craig. That should have nothing to do with bloody space stock. I mean, I the only thing I could think from of... within sight, always within sight. Right, right. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, what wouldn't the planetary shield be controlled by people on Earth? Yes. And the space stock is its own thing. Yeah. So when, once you saw the space stock get finally hit without the shield, you see it. You see it fall out of orbit. It goes like this. It goes like that. I didn't and notice as soon as that. It, there we go. Yeah, as soon, as soon as it goes like this, immediately the planetary shields like disappeared. That's and even big... though the scene was cool, even though the scene was very cool and yeah. everything, I just kind of going like, oh, wait a minute. There shouldn't... I mean, if you're going to go on the theory that the space dock is integral to the planetary shields, right, then you need to have, I don't know, I'm going to say five space docks all around the planet. So that they're all working in unison to keep the shield up. And why would one take it down? Now, let, now I can make it's an excuse because for that. there's only one space stock, mate. We've only ever seen one. That's my theory. I don't right. think we've ever so, seen more than one. Right. And so now I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stretch here to give them an excuse, and that is that there are more than one space stock. They they don't have the budget to show them all. Yeah. And that all those space stocks, the three or four or five of them or whatever, are connected together to form the planetary shield. So when one goes down, the shield drops because they need to be all connected. And they weren't expecting something weird like this to happen, you know. So I gave him the excuse. So thank you very much. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's a plausible of, excuse, put it that way. It's possible. There's many theories behind that. I generally still think to this day there's only ever one because they've never said there's more than one. We've never seen more than one on the screen at any one time. But Gray's uh, uh, suggestion there is solid. Um, it's just a security bloody hazard because I'm sorry, mm. Starfleet. Your, uh, your your control device for the shield should be inside. Well, going it's forward, obvious. I guess we're going to change that. Oh, yeah. The bloody, well, <laughs> Terry, I'm, I'm, I've got faith in Terry. He'll do that. Now, oh, by the way, your theory of the one, we've only seen the one space, uh, space dock. But if you think about it, we've only seen one shipbuilding yard, too. They always show the one. This is only one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So you know there's got to be more shipbuilding yards, you know, around. We know there is, and lore well, there is. Whatever those so units are called. We only see called, the one. Whatever those units are called that hold the ship, because the, the the yard is all of it. But whatever right. those individual complex things are that hold the ship, yeah, we will never see right. one in screen at a time. So yeah, hey, I don't think either of us are right or wrong. We just we don't know for sure. They've never shown us. They're both plausible. Um, uh, ideas. I think they probably they probably go on the, that we assume a few things. Which it's is fine. fine. It's science fiction yeah. fans. That's fine. Now I'm I'm a little bit sad here. Is I've 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 never known. Tell me if I'm wrong, Gray. In Star in Star Trek's history, for the mighty space dock of Earth or space docks of Earth to ever be defeated and taken down, never seen it. Yeah, they're taking a pounding, but they've never actually been defeated because they're OP. It takes a lot. It takes a fleet to right. take them down. Um, and you'd there like you to say it falls in its size <laughs> slightly, but I missed that. Um. So it started I, to drop out of orbit. You don't see it explode, but it kind of goes. Well, thank like God, because otherwise the end would have been completely different. Um, so yeah, it, it's a solid defeat, but it holds up well. It holds up for a good little long while actually against the fleet. Sure. So it done its job effectively. Um, and as we touched on before, the Titan no longer has a, a cloak as uh, the escape Borg uh, take out the the generator. Um, mm-hmm. We see more cool. Enterprise D shots as it makes it to the center, more weaving, ducking, and diving, and then it literally almost pulls the handbrake and stops. And then there's that little whatever device that's called in the middle, the transmitter thing, and then it's holding there for a little while. Um, it can't take out this the transmitter beacon. That's great, person. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, without destroying the cube, which means Picard, Jack, Riker, and Worf would all be killed. And they say this on the Bridge of Enterprise, oh, what are we going to do? And it's it's these guys against the whole of Starfleet, the whole of humanity, and more or of generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think it's Jordy kind of asks for Beverly's permission. He turns around, Beverly, all he says, and she's obviously destroyed and distraught. But I was so proud of her as a character in that moment because she mm-hmm. went, just nods her head she, while crying. She right. knows it has to she be knew. done. That's her son. That's her ex-lover, the father of her son, whatever. Someone she admires and respects. Her friends. Her friends as well. She's like, it has to be done. Um, yep. And uh, any one of them would have done the same thing. Yes. Yes. Um, that is very true. We can't, we can't underestimate that. Um, it's kind of bittersweet this moment because... You know for a fact they were they would take that shot and do what they had to do to save the galaxy, even though if it's even though it's their friends and, and, and family that they're literally going to destroy potentially. Um and you note here, Gray, that the crew looked really upset and uh, possibly uh 
and they're strong possibly uh, as friends would die so they'd have no choice yep. um but the acting more than anything else was superb in that moment yeah but the, the acting has to sell the writing so the writing is good the writing is there if you don't have the right actors to sell the moment it isn't going to work and that's a tribute to the actors the writing and the directing of course which in this case terry did both the writing and directing yeah so it all it all jived you could tell everybody was was working as one and so so their emotions and their faces and everything sold the moment every time yeah because we we you, you, it wasn't kind of like sometimes when you watch an episode of something you go like yeah hey, well we know they're not going to do this or we know they're not going to do that and they and they don't and it's typical and i'm not saying that's a terrible thing necessarily yeah. but in this you really did kind of think well they've been killing off some people Somebody might still die, and it and it, it just sold it really well. That you it was really possible. thought wow. it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, there was this kind of speech that uh, was on about how literally they've got a, once they take the shot, they've got a minute to literally get out before the whole ship literally implodes. Um, and they were going to try and get Riker and Worf out, but Riker's saying, "No, I can't leave them." can't leave Picard. And I thought at this moment that's a bit selfish because his wife, Troy, is still on board. They've still got a child. It's, um, I know what Picard means to him, but I'm thinking this moment if I'm Troy, I'm like, you're a selfish bastard. That's what I'm thinking. But what did you make of that bit, Greg? Were you, did you agree with it? Did you disagree it, with it? To be honest with you, if he had said something and then tried to leave or whatever, it would, it would have just not seemed right. I mean, they are, they're all family. Everything means everything to them. Any one friend dying over another, regardless, means a lot to them. So I thought the moment was fine, that he, you know, he wanted to stay with his friends, and that's that. You know, and, and if anybody was going to survive, it would be his wife or whatever, and then get the hell out of there. Um, luckily, though, of course, you know, they have that minute or whatever, and... Yeah. Ain't going to die today. And, and it was, it was <laughs> an interesting that Riker did say... Uh, to try, I'll, I'll see. I'll see you shortly. You know, like very, he said it in a confident yeah. kind of way. Like I'm not dying today. I'll, I'll make it. Um, and as Worf and uh, Riker tried to meet up with Picard, um, they kind of jogger along, and you get that little nice line from uh, Worf where he actually says, "There was a moment today where I was worried we might actually survive." To which Riker <laughs> just gave him that cheeky little grin and smile as they jog along the platform. I like yeah. just that those two were brilliant in this season, man. They just mm-hmm. ideal. Um now I didn't see this coming. Uh Gray, uh, I want your opinion on mm-hmm. this, of course. The car tries to get Jack out of plugged into cables everywhere, and the Borg Queen warns him if you unplug him, you could do damage, and he's like yeah, whatever, you know, I've watched enough of 24 and CSI, I've just unplugged them in the right <laughs> order and it'll be fine. Um, yeah. And then he's running out of time, he's only got a minute, so literally he grabs one of the devices and then she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I've been running for too long and then just jabs it in his neck yeah, and his he neck starts like, getting Ugh. assimilated and I was like, oh shit, not again, man, <laughs> you don't learn nothing. The things you do for yeah. your family. Um, did you see that coming, mate? No, I did not see it coming. No, I thought he was disconnecting him and it would go from that point or whatever. But I didn't. I, in fact, it, the whole time, it it really did seem like Picard was going to probably die. And we were even saying in episodes yep. prior that if they had to kill somebody, 
it would make sense to kill him, him, you know, because he's an older actor. He's not coming back for everything. So blah, blah, blah. So I kept on thinking. And then when he jabbed himself in the neck, I'm going like, oh, crap. You're going to be kidding me. <laughs> you said it and was then, his only move, though. It was his only play, really, at this stage. Well, right now that I think back at it, it pretty much was his only move. He didn't know what else to do. And so the last moment, I guess they think he felt he could, you know, maybe sacrifice himself. Just for, in order for Jack to get out, I think that was his motive. He figured he's probably a dead gut man anyway. So what? So what the heck? He's going to take the shot, the shot, and try to get his son out of there. And if he dies, he dies. Well, that is that is a good point, Gray, because I don't know what he thought would happen. Because when he plugs himself in, he's in the kind of bored consciousness with his son, and he's talking to his son. I don't think he quite expected to see him there. I thought he'd plug himself in. He'd be Lucutus again for his queen, and he would be let go or something like that. I, I don't think he fully knew what was going to happen. I don't think he was expecting right. to speak to his son. Um, well, that, that, that's why I felt it, I think it was his only move. He didn't even know it was going to yeah, happen. He yeah. just figured he was winging I'm it. I'm just going to try it. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to go for it, and whatever I can do to screw it up, I'm going to. I'll do it. Um, the, and, the 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 speech between Picard and his son Jack was brilliant. That whole scene yeah. was just fantastic. Jack wasn't buying it at the start. He's like, listen, I've been alone for so long. Um, I feel at home here, which is kind of harrowing to hear, Gray, when you hear him say that. Like, I feel at peace despite what he is doing, despite what he's become. And Picard's like, listen, you're not alone. You're not, for the first time, you've actually got a family. You've got me, you've got your, you've got your mother, you know, you've got the extended TNG family. You are not alone. And he gives him a hug. And obviously there's a bit more to the speech than that, but he gives him a hug and then just Jack starts crying. And I think that's when he realised what was actually going on um, and yeah. realising that, shit, the, the proverbial was about to hit the fan. That was a very emotional scene, that, Gray. I'm sure, I'm assuming yeah. you enjoyed that as well as I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think, like, uh, like, we're coming up on the next scene because he, even though Jack said that, you know, he's just going to stay, because he figures, I guess, maybe he can do something or whatever. So, and then Picard says, well, then I'm just going to stay with you and we'll just, we'll just die together. And I thought that was a great scene. It made total sense, you know, yeah. got very emotional and they're hugging like, you know, this is it. And the only reason I knew it wasn't quite it was because I know Jack's going to end up making it. But I it's still, I thought Picard was going to die at some point. I thought it was kind of waiting for it to happen. It would look like it might happen, you know. I'm glad it didn't, but it was good. It was possible, yeah. It, was, it easily could have happened, to be honest here. Um, mm-hmm. the, the the killer shot comes in at Enterprise D as it takes out the transmitter. Cue the one minute that's never a minute and actually seems more like five or ten minutes, but that's just TV and science fiction for you. Um, the, the As soon as the beacon's taken out, Picard is literally like, I will stay here with you as he gives him the hug then, as Gray just touched on. And it's it's uh it's it's pretty emotional, pretty sad at this moment. Um and then we have uh data trying to scan for them to beam them up. Now I get very I get deja vu of um uh deja vu of this scene because that was mm-hmm. Star Trek Insurrection when the ship was blown up and the Enterprise E comes down low for the, the, the swoop to beam up um the car right. just before the ship blows up. So that deja vu here. Um and then I'm thinking at this moment here, 
are they actually going to get their man and be more? There's too much interference. The Enterprise. Now this yeah. is the thing. The Enterprise D has to come back the same way it came in. So it's literally ducking in and out and trying to beam, look for signals and beam them up at the same time. And then it's at this moment, um, they both, well, Jack wakes up. It's only him that could wake himself up from that. Uh, unplugs yeah. himself from that, goes up to his father, unplugs him there as well. And then they Ooh, both... That, that scene was like, yes. he, just, he just walks right into the car and, <laughs> yes. and a blood back. everywhere, you know? <laughs> I'm sitting there going like, wait a minute. It's in a main artery, so I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) You you just killed your own, man. Um, That's a good point. I've got a thing with needles, man. Um, And then, like, they're kind of both on each other. And then they look up bright lights. And then you see the Enterprise D literally take a handbrake turn and stop right above them. And I'm thinking, right, okay, hold the phone for a minute. That scene was so epic. I mean, I just sort of go, I I definitely did not expect that. And all of a sudden, this freaking huge ship just like, yeah and the noise whoa. it made so the noise it made was weird yeah. right okay it was an amazing scene great let's not yeah, yeah. say anything too negative about it. it was a great scene but again it's just me nitpicking starships don't do handbrake turns especially fat boys um <laughs> the size of the ship yes, data data's doing this well whatever. that's true the size of the ship looked smaller than it had done before above them it's hard to get that ratio on TV. I get it. You know, I just, I just forgot big. something. What did you forget? The, uh, in the scene, and I mentioned it here, where they they were trying to find uh, the crew, but they couldn't really pinpoint the crew because, of, <clears throat> excuse me, of the interference. And there was a really touching scene where Riker figures he's done. They're di- they're dead, um, and he just kind of thinks mentally, or he did. I don't think he was oh, trying to reach out. Yeah. Right. He he didn't. He wasn't trying to reach out to Deanna because the emotions were so strong. He was he was telling Deanna, "I'm dying. I'm I'm dead. I love you. I'll be with my. I'll be with our son soon." So he was already, he was already figuring that's it, finito for all of them. And the brilliant writing at that point was Deanna because of because it was such an emotional scene. She instantly picked up his his thought. And then, as soon as she picked up her thought, boing, she pinpoints exactly where they are. That was and otherwise there, there would have been no chance, right? Now, here's the thing: I just, I just remembered this because I, I remembered it, and I also read a little thing about it. She knew where they were, so there was a scene where she goes, "I know exactly where they are," and she runs right over to the helm, right? And she sits down and starts. Blah, blah, blah. And if you remember, there was the scene, uh, whatever movie it was, where she did that and crashed, crashed the, ship. the ship. Yeah, good point. So this, so this is our moment of redemption. So this is a redeeming point, exactly. Yeah. Redemption point. So she actually is the one, I guess. They've done the handbrake turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at the very least was, you know, Data and her working together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And she did. And then I started thinking about it. And I just answered my own question in my head. I was sitting there thinking, like, now why? Because the first person, if you don't think about it, would say, "Well, why do they? Why do they have to beam them about? Uh, you know, why do they have to come so close to beam them out? Just beam them All out anyway." Interference. Data says it's that. because of right interference. So they had to come really close, uh, really close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out to figure out how they could beam them aboard, and then they were able to beam them aboard. In fact, actually, they were already like taking the maneuver and getting ready to zip out right at the same time as they're beaming them aboard. It's. It's a good thing there was no, it wasn't in a planet's atmosphere or something because a ship getting that close with a handbrake turn of that weight and mass, yeah, 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 not, they'd yeah. be dead. <laughs> yeah, he can be good doing it. Is the only good thing, though, is at least on the way out, right, the Borg ship's exploding, so you don't really have to look for conduits anymore. Just just point it that way and go. 
Well, as you say there, Gray, it is exploding, and it does explode. And I'm looking for Enterprise D the whole time. And the cool little effect, yeah. you see this tiny Enterprise. Yeah, the flames away. going out the yeah. back. And the shields, are, the shields yeah. are up, and they're getting scorched. And uh, touching us, we've talked in the past about different shields and deflectors and deflector mm. shields mm. and different terminologies and different shields and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. like the shield bubble, and I'm glad they kept yeah. it the same because yeah. C and iterations of previous seasons of a card and other more modern, older Star Trek shows, they've had the shields, and they're Most not deflectors. I'm sorry, I hate to call them deflectors or shields. They, they, there's different styles. The ones that hug the ship, like they did right. at the very early days of Star Trek, like the original series in the movies, like they hug the ship. Right. But that's just not practical. You need a bit of a gap to absorb between the hull and the shields. But the old shield bubble is back of the Enterprise yeah. D, the TNG. I like that. I just the little thing. Yeah. Little thing. And if you think about it, it makes sense in a way because you would have basically have your, your primary shields would be the bubble and then your secondary would be what you can hug the ship with and then that's it. You're you're out of luck. <laughs> Always thought that was a downside in yeah. the original TNG uh, the original uh, series movies great because the Enterprise A got the original Enterprise and Enterprise A that got bashed up by the Klingons far too easily. These torpedoes are hitting the, the hull, and you're like, "Why is there shields? I don't see any shields. Why is it getting smacked? Oh yeah, it's because your shields are literally touching the bloody hull. The energy's got to go somewhere. It was never so. It's a nitpick. It's yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, just, I think part of the reason was again cost back then, and then I true. think after the after that in the movies they kind of just kept it going because. It always been that way, so they didn't really they didn't really think about changing it to bubble type of stuff. But yeah, I think the bubble makes more sense. It does. I prefer it. It's just what we're used to, I guess, and it's what we had in Voyager and Deep Space Nine as well. That era, we we're just used to it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, the fleet, their Borg Armada fleet, is finally free as the Queen gets smoked. So the half the face that was melted, the whole face is probably now well, melted yeah. now. Yeah, well, yeah, to keep it kind of like yeah. symmetry there. She got vaporized there. Yeah, like she's, she's like, like ah, no, no, no. Like the Wicked Witch of the, the West again getting smoked. Um, yeah. And just in time, as there's a standoff of the Titan between uh, Seven and the older guys and the younger guys that are about to fire at each other, and that's when they're released from it, just in the nick of time. Um, yep. There's sweet embraces all around an Enterprise D's bridge. Uh, this is genius. This is another hilarious moment and Worf again as at the center of it he's battered and bruised like he's had a couple of shots that would have killed yeah, I mean, a normal he's holding, man he's holding his like ribs and stuff yeah. as he sits in the chair well, he's, he's, like, he's taking one or two phaser shots directly man that would be enough to kill a normal human being he's 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 been battered and bruised he literally sits down in Troy's old chair for a moment uh as they're all victorious and and, and then they're, they're kind of all sitting there smug Geordie's sitting there all smug and then you just hear snoring and they're looking over and smiling. Worf passed out and he's sleeping. And I'm thinking, this is funny, but it's also accurate. I'm sorry, you'd be yeah. passing out and yeah. sleeping as soon as you could as well, man. Yeah, as uh, soon as you let your guard down and the adrenaline goes, you're like... <laughs> although, Gray's word to uh, describe this, uh, I'm offended by it. He, he says, cute. <laughs> cute, not in, the, not in the... in the Yeah, the I know, cute. I know, I know. It's, it's cute meaning like... It, it was funny. It was like, you know... Boom. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, that was nice to see the embraces between everyone on, on the ship as we thought they would, might might lose each other, and they almost did, to be fair. Um, now, that is 
kind of the main part of the episode. We have like 20 minutes left, as I thought we would, to mop up, wash up, and then talk sure. about the next generation and whatnot. You know? I'm really glad they did because I had, you oh, don't yeah. want to see like, they had to, you mate. don't want to see five minutes just like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I'd be pissed off. That, this is why it was an hour long. Just to add that, by the way, these guys, so right. you're probably aware of that. Um, so the status quo now, this is one year later, by the way, after, which makes sense. Beverly's now an admiral. Everyone in that bloody ship should be an admiral. Is an admiral. Me. No, they're not. They're not. Geordie isn't. Data isn't. Uh, some of them are not, and they should be. Um, but yeah, no, Beverly's been made admiral as well. She is now in charge of medical fleet-wide, basically, of, of Starfleet, which she should be. Mm-hmm. Um, she manages to remove the Borg DNA from everyone by literally reverse engineering the whole process, getting everyone back through the transporters again to remove it the same way it was put in, which is smart. Um, and she also includes the changeling detector into it as well, because you see someone try to they go through the transporter and they try to leave the room out. You're not going anywhere, son. You're coming with me as he tries to change shape. Yeah. Um, so and, nice. I, and I'll tell you another piece of nice writing, because everybody was kind of wondering, like, you know, and we still don't know exactly how did the how the Borg got into some kind of agreement with the changelings. And so then you still wonder, well, is this got to be changelings around? So I'm glad they kind of address that right right there at the end oh yeah so yeah that was perfect you have to mop up and you things like that are left uh, uh, uh if they're left alone they're messy and terry isn't messy exactly. um we also see a brilliant emotional scene very touching between captain tuvok mm-hmm. and seven of nine um Ad- no i think he's admiral actually no is he yeah i think so well, hey, he did, well, does he deserve to be an admiral already? That's a bit far-fetched. Yeah, but he's a Vulcan, so, you know, they have a little... No, little, I think you're right, though, mate. Um, I think you're right. Um, well, remember, you, you, you choose to go into that, that far into Starfleet. Some, some captains, as we've seen in the series, uh, never wanted to go that route. Kind of like, you know, do you want to go into management or do you want to stay here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so some some older captains just wanted to be captains. They could have easily been admirals, you know. That's a good point, so man. That make, it makes sense. That's a good point. Um, we so for the the first gripe I've got about this, that's we'll just get it out of the way straight away. And I think Gray and I both touching this. Yep. Still no bloody Janeway. Now, I think we, I think was it you that discussed before Gray or someone else that. There was a contractual thing rumored to be that she couldn't appear in this. Now, that makes like no this. sense. I don't, I There's know, nothing. I know. No, no, and this is not against you, Gray. There's nothing yeah. that would make sense in any contract to say, oh, by the way, I'm Paramount. I'm saying you can't appear in one of my shows because you're in another ex- Star Trek show. Yeah, but if, but if you think about no it sense. for a second, first of all, she wasn't ill. I mean, if she was ill, they would have said something, right? The actress, I mean. So if she's not ill... And we know she wouldn't have said, no, I'm not going to be in it. The hell with that. Oh, she, she wouldn't say that. that either. Right. And yeah, she's she always in a heartbeat. Right. And so, um, so then there's no other reason for her not to be there except something weird contractually Who, rented it. Whoever wrote the contract needs slapped about the face, Gray, because it could be something yeah. as silly as she has got six appearances in Star Trek in the next year or two, and they're all tied up in Prodigy. So if she were to appear in this, it'd be a separate contract with lots of money, something silly like that. It just makes no sense to have someone you've named. She, she's the most name-dropped admiral in the whole of bloody Star Trek Picard's three well, seasons. I, I'm, ass- I'm assuming that the, 
for whatever the reason is, even if it's stupid, and I'm sure it is stupid to us, she couldn't be in it. Okay. I think that's the reason why they did name drop her three or four times through the series, because they wanted to make sure that they got her in there somehow. Yeah. Even if she wasn't going to be there physically. So that's, and and I'm grateful for it. I'm glad they did it. They did uh, 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 use, use her name and, and quote it and everything. But the last payoff, I thought for sure when we saw the scene with Tuvok sitting with Seven, that Janeway was going to walk into the room yeah. or up the other or, side of the table or right. Or I was waiting for the I was waiting for the shot to zoom out, and next to Tuvok would have been Janeway sitting there. I'm sitting there waiting for this to happen. Waiting. I'm saying it's got to happen. Here it comes. Here it comes. And I'm going, but what the hell? <laughs> wait, let's not forget, guys. Right? In my opinion, and some people might disagree with this, Janeway is the biggest adversary or certainly the biggest, if not one of the biggest threats the Borg have ever taken on. You could argue it's Picard, mm-hmm. but he was never very... Literally, Janeway and Voyager, she goes after them, literally physically chasing them, trying to take them out. And that takes cojones. You don't see Picard ever yeah. doing that. He's a different kind of threat. So for me, it makes sense to have... like They had Admiral Shelby in it, who was an expert mm-hmm. against the Borg. She was killed far too easily. Didn't like that. Um... And she is, I mean, we don't see a body, but it's two bloody phaser shots. She's dead. Um, We don't see Janeway, who's one of the biggest experts. Use your assets properly, Terry. It's it's a nitpick. It's not bringing down the episode for me. It's just, she should have been in it. And I think Gray agrees as well. She should have been in it. I'm I'm not sure if we're we're ever going to find out the reason, but eventually we probably will. And I've got to believe that Metallus was, was definitely going after her to be in there. And then they just came to him and said, Look, we can't do it. Contracts a contract. We can't do it. You know, so yeah, very weird. But then nothing surprises me. I've, I've seen some really stupid, whacked out contracts well, for entertainment. Before, see if we so. ever find out from uh, Kate Mulgrew in the future that no, they never came and asked me. I will be pissed off if it came to that. If that, if that's yeah, genuine. but you know, you know, she's been very quiet about this. She's she never, has, no, she's, she's on Twitter right? as well. So nothing positive, nothing negative either way. Yeah. Alice hasn't said anything. None of them have said anything. So, yeah, there's some stupid contract thing that just. Hey, she might get her own. Know. See if she gets her own show. Star Trek Janeway. Well, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, there, I'm signing me up. There's <laughs> there's lots of talk about it. That's for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's got Prodigy as well. So, if, if, if that happens and we're saving it for that, okay, fine. Um, so and as long as Metallus is seeing it, he has you know, to do it. Running it. So, <laughs> the, the, we almost forgot. We were talking about two up before in, in, in the seven and nine. Now, this always happens with bloody Starfleet, man. But like, yeah, you saved the galaxy, you saved the universe, but you broke the rules. We're gonna to have to do something about it. And I'm, I, it pisses me off. It happens every bloody time, Gray. <laughs> and I know they're they've got to go by the rules, but seeing you've saved the universe, you deserve some shtick. And she does get saved from some shtick. And she's like, "Listen, I'll stop you there, Tuvok. I'm going to resign. Like, you know, don't worry, I'm out. It's not for me." But then he says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We Before you uh, started breaking the rules and you went to the writing system, Captain Shaw had put in your uh, annual appraisal, if you like, and we've got the hollow recording of it there. And I'm like, yay, Shaw's back, but he's dead. But he's like, he's like Star Wars ghost-esque. Yeah. Play the hologram. And then he's talking about, oh, she's stubborn, she's this and she's that. But then he's like, she's, she's, she's brave. He's loyal. She's, you know, she's just brilliant. And you see Seven's face the whole time. Like, wow, I didn't see that coming. She's emotional. 
and he finishes yep. off his hall record by going, it's my recommendation that uh, when we get back that she's promoted to captain as soon as possible. Uh, uh, captain Seven is now his official thing. And then basically yep. two of us like, you know, want a promotion kind of thing. It's there. She's emotional. I'm emotional, man. That that I was a, I had a tear in my eye. Oh, two, uh, and Tuvok had the great response. He goes, he goes, resignation denied. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You can do that. I'm not taking your resignation. Yeah. Uh, that was really smart. That scene wasn't me. I'm, I'm assuming you yeah. loved that as well. By the way, just one more time. I, I when he when he pulled out the little hologram thing in his hand before we saw Shaw, Shaw pop out of it, right? I then again thought that the hologram was going to be Janeway ah, popping yes. up saying that blah, 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 something or, you know, and making make her a captain. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I said, OK, you didn't have the real Kate Mulgrew there at the shot. So how else can you get her in? And when he brought this hollow thing out, I'm going like, yeah, that's it. Janeway's going to pop out of that thing. And as soon as she didn't pop out, I went, damn. <laughs> But I don't want to, I don't want people to be, to think that we didn't love the scene. The scene was epic. It was great, done done perfectly. We loved it. It's just that uh, we wanted to see Janeway. And that was it would have been that was annoying. Safe yeah. to say. but it um, didn't take anything away from the scene. The scene no, was absolutely no, it didn't. Just it's just a, a nitpick uh, bugbear of ours. Yep. Um, so sweeping up with the rest of the characters. Yeah, we don't we don't like Raffi, but we have to just briefly mention her and then move on to the good uh, stuff. She's, she's, I'm warming up to her. I'm warming she, up. To her. <laughs> she she's a good officer. We just. <laughs> Don't like what they've done with her in the series. That's the problem. Um, or she's a great actress as well. Should I say? It's just they need to do more with her. She's able mm. to finally see her grandkid as well because they're, they're kind of warm to the idea, and she has kind of just saved the galaxy kind of thing. So yeah, you like to see your granddaughter. It's the least we can do. Uh, War yeah. comes in and tells her how Raffaella, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. You're, you're, you're a great grandmother, great person, all this good stuff. And then he gives her a hug. Worf hates hugs. He gives her a hug. I was like, a very awkward hug because it's still Worf and she's getting my, she was yeah. like, wow, okay, didn't see that come. That was nice. That was sweet, Greg. Yeah. Um, we, well, that's the, that's the, the new Worf. So, the new know. Worf. The, the past was Worf. Sort of. Um, <laughs> we have. The past uh, is Worf, but don't, but don't cross that line right there. <laughs> we have uh, Deanna and Riker uh, wrap up, but. We have Deanna uh, talking to Data because he's got emotions now. Apparently, you get the gist that he's there every day speaking to her and he's well over his appointments mm. every bloody time and she's getting fed up with it. And a kind of good way, he leaves yeah. the room and she's like, tomorrow, and he's like, tomorrow, and she's like, yeah. He leaves, <laughs> he leaves, Riker comes in. And tell me if I got this bit right. I don't know if I misheard this. Did Riker turn around no, to Deanna and go... Is he still batshit? <laughs> he did yeah, say that. And I, 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 yeah, and I wasn't sure he said that, but whenever I, this, here's a little trick you can do that I, because there's a couple times, and we've all done this before. Sometimes we watch a TV show, and for God's sakes, we can't tell what they're saying. Even if we turn the volume up, we can't figure it out. Yeah, instantly go to subtitles, turn it on, roll the scene back, and there it is. And that so, is batshit. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. I, he did say it. Yeah, and I pushes him like, hey, come on, don't say that. That was funny. That was a nice little moment. Yeah, it was, it was batshit crazy. <laughs> But the thing that was so good about again another piece of good writing because you got to figure out that he's he's like essentially with his with his emotions now he's a child, and so he's learning all the emotions in, in fast mode yeah. right, and he doesn't know how to deal with this all. So so Deanna's getting fed up because it's like it's like having to raise a child all over again, 
Data's right. Data's sitting there talking to her about simple, simple little stupid things that we take for granted. And she has to deal with it because he doesn't know how to deal with it. But I, but, but that's exactly how I, I see how she would be getting. She loves it and she'll do it and she loves him and she will do it. But at the same time, she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I got to keep. I gotta keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. It was it was nice, nice way to wrap that up, that, that scene between them. Um yeah. we do have the so the one year later shot art actually comes now rather than a few months ago, like I discussed, but yeah. uh, you see uh one year later I don't know why one year later for this, because you have a great scene on the bridge of the Enterprise D, Riker, Picard and Geordi, um or maybe it was before the one year, it probably was logically. Um, yeah, yeah. where, you know, it's the usual, she served as well again, and then it's the Geordi talking to the computer one last time, Enterprise D kind of deactivate kind of thing, or whatever phrase they used, which was a bit kind of somber because then the lights kind of go down on the bridge, and I'm, I'm kind of happy, but I'm happy sad because it was nice to see it right. back again, you know? And by the way, there was there was one nice little, and this was Frakes, and again to the writing, there was a nice little tribute to Major Barrett, who was the voice for the uh, uh, original computer all yeah, through most of Star says. And he and Riker says, "I missed that voice." Yeah, we He's all on do. his way out. We all so do. it was so nice. It was a little nice little tribute to Major. Uh, yeah, we all like that. Was, it's a smart. See little things like that. One little little tiny lines of dialogue can make or break episodes sometimes, especially on Star Trek. Uh, we then uh, catch up with Jack, Picard, and Beverly. They're in a shuttle, and it looks like Jackson Starfleet. He's on an accelerated path, uh, no academy. But then again, I'm not surprised because of who his parents are and how good he is actually without that. So they've been able to bypass that, and he's going to get his first posting. But right. Gray, he looks nervous as hell, and they're like, you know, chill. The card's like, listen, I was like you, I was a bit nervous and all that. And he's like, no, I'm not nervous for me. I'm nervous for you. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, look out the window. Look at that. And then here we go. Here, oh, right. I'll go first, Gray, and then give me your input, please, mate, okay. of course. The Titan A, with special naming privileges like they've done with Sao Paulo to Defiant, has been mm -hmm. renamed. Guess what they renamed it to? NCC 1701G. The Titan A, not a different ship, the Titan A, uh, and that's why Jack is nervous. He's like, I'm nervous for you. Now, it was a sweet moment in Picard's face yeah. where he is like, oh, my God. That was nice to see. Of course it is. You get the yeah. Star Trek music on. Now, I'm, I'm glad we saw the Enterprise G and the F. Yeah. That's right. The next generation should be shown. Um, Seven's the captain. She should be. I have no problems with that. Rafi's right, a number one. Um, uh, your man, uh, Jack, is an ensign, but he's like a special advisor to Seven and Nine, which is a bullshit rank. It's just mates, jobs for the boys. But I'm not complaining about that. That's fine. It's funny. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, well, he, he kind of tries to sit in the chair and like, Seven's, get out. You know, yeah. It was amusing. <laughs> so this, this, this ship. Now, the Titan is a is is safe to say it's a legendary name now in Star Trek after what it's done and what it's achieved. The original Titan with right. Riker, then the Titan A, and then it's the refit of the Titan, well, from the Titan to the Titan A. So you don't right. rename a legend a classic ship, one. Two, 
the Enterprise should always be the biggest, best, or not biggest, the best class of starship they've got. Fresh paint literally mm-hmm. off the, the, the drawn board or, or the Starfleet, whatever. Um, right. It doesn't need to always be the flagship because there's been more than one Enterprise that's not been the flagship of the Federation at any given time. Right. Usually is the flagship, more often than it's not, but it's not always. But the Titan A is so, so under-armoured, so, so... Uh, uh, what am I trying to say here, Gray? It's not powerful enough, is what I'm trying to say. It was getting... Right, it's, it's not in the, the class of... Uh, like the Odyssey class yeah, F. It's yeah, or, or uh, Sovereign. Uh, or any bloody class before it. It, it gets it's spanked by the, the Shrike. And the Shrike is a powerful ship, but it gets spanked far too easily. Now, of course, it could have been souped up. It could have had the latest... It's one year later, so logically it could have had the latest state-of-the-art upgrades, which makes sense. And if that is the case, I'll buy it and accept it. But Terry, 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 we've just discussed... Nobody said anything. How many times we've talked about one line makes or breaks an episode. It's not broken this episode, Mm -hmm. far from it. But if you'd mentioned that, I would have bought it and accepted it. I might have not been chuffed with it and really, really excited. Like, I want to see a new class of ship... Mm. But it makes sense, and it is a constitution class, kind of, full circle, neon constitution. Wasn't yeah. happy with that, great, and I'm not the only one. I went on to Twitter after. There's plenty of people that are like, nah, nah I'm sorry, Terry. No, I'm sorry, that's not acceptable. So sorry for my rant, mate. Uh, I want your opinion on it. Oh. Um, well, when I first saw the scene, and I, I started to catch on right away that this probably is going to be the next Enterprise, so... Before it, just before it really happened, I just, you knew it, right? So I, I also knew at that point that even though I was hoping for a different class ship, I was pretty sure it was going to end up being the Titan. So I decided that I'm just, for that moment, I just got caught up in the moment and just enjoyed it because it was, it was a very powerful scene and it was very well done and it was very poignant and being able to rename it and, and, uh, uh, have Picard think of it that way. And also ha- uh, having our new generation that we got introduced to that we love and a little mix of the old with Seven being captain and being on a proper ship that's called Enterprise. So all that was like great. And then if I have to back off for a second and do the, do the nitpick, and again, I always try to, we, as you and I both do, we both tell everybody, don't think that we're trying to knock the episode out of the water. We're not. It's just that I also agree that it would have been just that much nicer if they had come up over the little horizon there and they had seen a ship that was more like Odyssey class or a new I don't class, know, some kind of new class, maybe. Right. That would have been a little extra. That would have been really good, but they didn't. So but then again, like like uh, uh, Trev just said, and we had both talked about it uh, before we started recording this, we both said that, well, yeah, they should have just said like, OK, well, it's been a year. And we've put some new designs in here. We put a blade of armor on the ship. We put the quantum torpedoes aboard, you know, whatever. It would have taken just a line or two to say that on the new refitted Titan uh, up to standard something. I don't know. And they didn't do that. And it's just kind of like, I don't know whether they figured we would just assume it or whether they thought it wasn't really necessary. That's okay. Whatever. It still was a great scene, but it would have been nice if they had either done one or the other, had the bigger whatever ship or put the line in that the ship has been souped up, you know, yeah. and stuff. So it's, now if we ever see legacy, which we hope that we do, 
they could easily bring it up right at that point. Better. Um, yeah, I would hope so. I mean, it, you know, they, they've done they've done this naming in honor of Picard and his crew. It's almost like a thank mm-hmm. you for what you've done. That's they mention that this is in honor of you guys, basically, and it is. I mean, it's fair fair play. They deserve that. Um, Seven being captain of the Enterprise, I both love and hate. Don't think she's earned mm. that right yet. Yeah, I, I kind of wonder that too. Th- this this I, is I, why, Gray, if they'd made if they'd made Seven captain of the Titan A and then had a new captain for the Enterprise G separately, that would have been ideal. You know. You know what? I think you're right, but then again, as it's it's hard. I think I think that even though that you and I think that would have been the logical move, okay, and it probably makes sense. I think they decided that they were gonna as I always say, like to throw in a little poetic license here and mess it up a little because it's really important that if they do do a Star Trek legacy, and as Jack said, it's all in, it is all in the name sometimes, then yeah. you need to go forward into legacy with an Enterprise because it's been too long uh, not having an Enterprise out there in a Star Trek series. Because if you think about it, uh, Discovery, which is not one of my favorite shows, but whatever. You didn't get an Enterprise, okay? Strange New Worlds, yes, you did get an Enterprise, which is very intelligent they did it that way. However, it is the Enterprise of the past. Nothing wrong with it. At least we get an Enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. Which is wonderful. But when you want to address the future of now, uh, the, the Star Trek uh, you know, 25th century, there was no new Enterprise. And we always saw it was a brief glimpse of the f and that was it so you almost have to have an enterprise going into a new series you have to we, we hadn't seen enterprise e since the star movie. trek the, yeah, the last star trek movie so that was a long time man really long yeah. time. the thing is i'm really disappointed with terry here and i don't i still love the guy he's still god but i'm just like he thinks so much like we do like die hard trek is great mm-hmm. right he must have yeah. thought There'll be a lot of people that don't like this. And I, I know he would have thought this because he thinks the way we do. I'm like, how yeah. you didn't see this commentary? I, I There's very much mixed emotions in this right now in the, mm-hmm. the Twitter sphere, right? People are loving it. So people are hating it. I'm hating it. I think Gray's seen both sides of the divide. He's been uh, a good uh, devil's advocate here. So we'll see what happens with it. But I mean, anyway, like move because we don't need to that to him. It was just something that pissed yeah. me off about this. It's the only mistake he's made in the whole season for me um mm-hmm. as we said seven's a captain rafi's number one jack is uh as the ensign special counselor uh now this was funny she's in the chair captain seven it's got a nice ring to it and then there's this whole speech between her and jack about legacy pun intended and your opening line how's it going to start how's it going to begin it's important and i'm like yeah. Yeah, I want to hear what a bloody is as well. I was going to be something like Borg-esque or something, you know? And then she's about to open her mouth and say it, and then it just pans to the Enterprise, going into warp. And I'm like, you bastards, and, man. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, I actually, I thought that was pretty cool. Metallus did that to keep us wondering, because now, uh, now you you virtually have to have a legacy to see what... And she did open her mouth. She goes like this. Uh, you just and then yeah, <laughs> let, split the change it like that. That yeah. was it. And then the, the ship took off. Like, oh, damn, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I hope we do see Legacy. It's, it, it, it sets it up perfectly for it. So I really hope that my, does come You know, my, I, I could be wrong, but my feeling is a lot of people were bugging the hell out of Metallus about 
uh, you know, we're going to see a legacy. We're going to see a legacy. And he had to come out and flat out say, there is no legacy in green, greenlit or in production. Which is accurate. And I, and I think he had to say that because the, the finale still had not been out. Now that the finale is out, give me a break. The whole thing screams legacy's coming. I he's mean, got, he's got to be careful. In every though, way. He's got to be careful. He can say he wants to do it, but he can't be too pushy with Paramount Brass because... You know, you don't want to disrespect him. He could say, I'd like to do it, but yeah. we'll see what happens if they green light it. Right, and of that course. Kind of thing, so. but, but, I mean, look, look at the way they it all came about. I mean, there is no way you can't say in more scenes than one at the end of that, that finale that it just screams legacy, well, legacy, we, legacy. We, we, we know legacy. a lot about this crew already. The bridge crew, we, all, we kind of mostly all love them now. We feel like we know them. Right. And I generally feel that about most of them, which I never did with Discovery. I'm still a bit... Funny about Strange yeah. New Worlds and that, so it makes sense to do it. Now, we literally end this episode with uh, Full Circle. As TNG, yep. the series, ended, uh, we then got Picard and the TNG crew round a table playing poker because the thing is, the, 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 the ongoing trope in TNG... Well, wait, series, wait, remember that just before that, they're banging back some... Some drinks. <laughs> well, they are drinking as well. Yeah, but they're they're, they're loosening up, man. Like, Sint the Hall has not been mentioned at all in New Star Trek, which is great. Um, alcohol still exists in the 25th century, so they're all yeah. knocking back some drinks, playing poker. At the ongoing trope with Picard and TNG was he never played poker with them because he was a captain. He had to kind of stay back. You know, I can't be your friend as such. And the end of TNG, he goes and plays poker with them. And they were like, wow, bit surprised. Yeah, he holds that. up the ace of spades. Man. Yeah. He holds up the card. Ace of spades. They go, oh. A for Admiral. Let's, um, let's go. And and it's a nice scene because they're all, he's basically cleaning the house and Data's just gobsmacked. And they're all chuckling yeah. and smiling, laughing and being like friends. And you have a couple of minutes of this. The camera's above them watching them all Oh, play. yeah. I thought that was brilliant. The, the credits come like, up and, credits and some roll. of the end music. Yeah. And they just took a camera, just kept on spiraling it around slowly like this and moving up so you could see all of them just having a blast and playing the, poker. And the thing is, it was such a beautiful scene because these guys are best friends in real life. Patrick Stewart's talked sure. about this, that this he, he loves these guys. He's loved these guys for a long time. They're like his family. Um, this wasn't acting for them. I think this was them just being them, which is the best thing you can have it's as an the, actor. Yeah. When it's easy, it's effortless, and it was a perfect. There's definitely way to some end of that. It. There's no doubt. I mean, you can see that. Plus, plus, let's put it this way. And sometimes you don't see this, except for people like me that get older. When you get older and you still have friends that long, your bond your bond usually grows a lot more. Of course, it does. You know, and stuff. So, so it makes all sense in the world when you start seeing, you know, all the old fogies together because it, it just shows that the bond's been there for a long, long is, time. Is that a, a saying in America, old fogey? I thought that was a Scottish thing. Wow. Have you just been listening from, to me for too long? No, though? no, no, no. That's been around for a while. Ah, old fogey. I do like that saying myself, yeah. Uh, I, I remember I, we, I, picked, I, we, we picked up many types of languages over the years I, over here. I, I, I say coffin dodger. It's a bit, it's a bit uh, grimmer, that one. That's my joke. That was my grandfather's title for it, by the way. He called old people coffin dodgers which i was I like I'll, okay it's very crude but it's hilarious at the same time so great notes here after he needs some romulan ale after this finale i agree but i probably needed two bottles after episode nine because <laughs> that was even more brilliant and by the way just a little note and, and it was you could see it if you go back on it when you're watching the, the scene at the poker table they all have their own drinks in front of them 
And so I was trying to look at the drinks, right? Just, I was just curious. Sure enough, and I'm pretty sure it was Deanna Troy. I'm almost positive. She had a glass of Romulan ale, the blue liquid, and she was drinking Are it. Are you sh- <laughs> Hey, why Go not? Look at it. It's there. Why not? And then the other glasses, the other glasses you're trying to, I, I couldn't, I got to freeze the scene and see if I can see anything else. Yeah. For sure, I saw like whiskey, you know, stuff like that. But I don't, I didn't really take a close enough look at the other drinks. But you couldn't miss the Romulan ale because the damn stuff's blue. Well, I don't so, blame them, Gray. I don't think any of them are active. Any of those officers are fully active Starfleet officers yeah. these days. So why not? They're off duty or they're not even, they're retired. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I thought it was great. I just, I like that even there, you didn't even have to. You didn't have to do that. But those are the things that Metallus has done all the way through the episode. He keeps dropping these nice little things here and there. Unless you're watching it, unless you see it, or unless you go back and watch again, you're going to miss this stuff. This is true. Just little things like a, bottle, like a glass of Romulan ale. Ah, there it is. Well, we'll talk about the little, it's a little extra, it's not even a post or a mid-scene, but we'll talk about it briefly because it's been a really long episode, and I knew it would be because it was the finale. Uh, so hopefully right. you don't mind too much. Um, the small scene at the very end is essentially set up legacy where you see uh, the I still can't get used to calling the Enterprise the <laughs> Titan now just Enterprise take it all in come on you get... sitting by a star uh, just chilling um, and you see Jack in his quarters he's basically unpacking his stuff um, and then he hears a familiar voice, turns around, it's John Delancey, is Q, and I'm like, you're dead, man, go away, I love you, but you're dead, <laughs> just stop it already, um, and it's the whole speech of, Jack's like, oh, man told me you're dead, and he's like, stop thinking in such a linear human aspect, it's probably John Delancey from an earlier timeline, but why is he looking so, a nitpick for yeah. me, mate, I don't think he should have went with this, he's basically saying, your father's uh, judgment time is over. Humanity's safe, but now it's your turn. And he's like, all right, okay, okay. I both liked and disliked this scene, Gray. I was like, it's nice to see John Delancey because he's brilliant, but just let that angle go now, I'm thinking. Just leave it be. What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, I thought that... I liked it. I like, I'm not going to say I disliked it. Yeah. What I would say is that... Is that it wasn't necessary. Not saying that I didn't mind it being in. Fine. It was actually a cool scene and everything, but it didn't have to be there, in my opinion. But since they did do it, it was a strong connection again by hooking the new generation to the last generation yeah. via Q, because why? Q was in the very first episode of, of Star Trek The Next Generation. And now Q is in the very last episode sense. of The Next Generation. So, bookends. And so now that doesn't mean that Q is going to control the entire season of Legacy. It just means that he's around, you know, he's around. He might pop up, you know, or whatever. And so now, like I said before, if you didn't think prior to that scene, if you didn't feel like, oh, Legacy, oh, Legacy, oh, Legacy, because they were just dropping the hints everywhere. Now, at the very end, this this last credit scene, oh, my God. I mean, it's like if they don't like make Legacy, they're, they're freaking fools. Well, they can only ever have two live-action Star Trek shows on, on air at any given time, Paramount pretty much said, just to budget constraints and whatnot. So mm-hmm. once one drops, and it might be Strange New Worlds, I hope it's not, but after they get a few scenes out of that, they might bring this back in the future. I mean, of course, we'll talk about that next week. We'll come back and do an overall mm-hmm. review special of it. So we didn't hate that scene. We just were 
didn't make a lot of sense. It was like, why, essentially? Um, so I th- think in Grey, when we do our overall review of the season next week, we'll save our overall scores for the season, if you're okay with that. But well, obviously, for this episode, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I had a 9.5, but it's it's down to 9. The Enterprise G thing, I'm sorry, man. I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to it until they explain it in Legacy, potentially. I'm not a, ha- I'm not a fan. I'm not happy with that. That brought it down mm. a little bit for me. But 9 out of 10 is nothing to be ashamed of. You were never going to beat episode 9. I don't see how you could have. They should have maybe saved that kind of awesomeness to the finale, actually. Because um, Metallus peaked a little bit too soon. Um, but it was a brilliant... But that way he got he he got you to watch the last well, finale. Well, of course he did. But that was what <laughs> It was a brilliant conclusion. Um it, it summed everything up perfectly, but we have a couple of nitpicks like Jamie not being in it, Enterprise G, not, the, the ship not being suitable. Um, mm. And Gray, I think you were kind of thinking similar things here. Certainly, yeah. you've got similar I, kind of reasons. So, I mean, I, I went you gave slightly it nine more, and a half, didn't you? Nine and a half out of ten, only because I really wanted to go ten, but I was going like, well, yeah, but they already set the precedent. That, that it isn't perfect. Episode. Almost. And then, and then I, and then I couldn't go ten for the same reasons that you gave. Uh, Probably more so Janeway than even Enterprise G, but those are the two reasons. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it all the way. Of course, and that's course. and again, nothing to be ashamed not about. Not to slight anything at yeah, all. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's you know, I mean, uh, I think what what we did do. I was uh, talking to Trevor off the air, and we were saying that we should really give the overall season a rating, trying to take it all into into one big view. You know, and and what do we think about it? And I went along at nine point five out of ten. I can't see how you could I could go any so less we're not, than so that. we're not saving up for next week then. <laughs> no, no, let's just go for it. I mean, the season's over now, but we'll talk about other stuff. Yeah, I'm um, nine, I'm nine and a half just, as well. Right. Well. I mean, you could almost say like, well, how could you do that? Because some episodes you might you know you might have been thinking eight, almost perfection. Right, but if you just roll into one big ball and just take a look at the whole thing, I can't see I can't see how you could go less than nine and a half certainly nine really would don't. be the bare minimum considering how well it's done right um, exactly but exactly. yeah no hey i'm i'm the same as great we often think very alike in, in this respect um and i'm nine and a half out of ten for the whole season as well it's it's fantastic they've done really well well obviously we'll get into a bit more next week i'm conscious that this is mm-hmm. really long episode and hopefully you can watch it in a couple of uh, uh installments but i mean of course by all by all means we, we love your, of course, we love subs and likes and thumbs up and all that. But I like comments more than anything else. <laughs> Gray never lets me down. Um, I always prefer, I don't really like asking for subs because I don't think it actually equates to that. I actually like people's mm. input. I like comments and what you like and dislike. If you like the longer format, the raw kind of break it down kind of format, tell us what you like, dislike, what you maybe want to see in the future from Strange New Worlds when it comes out. Uh, we'll have plenty of specials coming out over the next several weeks. Don't worry about that. I'm looking to try and kind of improve things. Maybe try and yeah, we got a things. list about this long of stuff. Oh yeah, to talk about <laughs> maybe some more regular things as well. I might even venture into shorts, YouTube shorts. It's not warm enough quite yet for that in Scotland. Um, but yeah, the usual quick call to arms. Of course, uh, you don't want to watch us. Well, as the YouTubes and the podcasts, we are on audible platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and catches at the Trekway as well uh, on the Twitter. And Gray's uh, uh, done a Green show room. just the other day. <laughs> I forgot. I haven't forgotten your name, man. Um, Gray's Green Room was on uh, just two days ago. Actually, we recorded a special, yep. and that's out at Gray's Green Room on the YouTube's, the podcasts, wherever you listen to that, and on the Twitter at uh, Gray's Green Room. 
And because we love podcasts so much, uh, we do a gaming podcast with our friend Nick uh, every th- Thursday. And that's, you can literally find him pretty much the same places at Extreme PC Me UK. He's, he's doing a big thing with YouTube as well. But we're on that if you like gaming. So, uh, but thank you so much for being with me, those people. I appreciate that's an hour 50, but it's a finale. I hope you you can understand that. Yeah, there's no way not to do it. Yeah, Long, episode was longer. We had to be longer. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we will be back next week. Of course, we'll wrap up the whole season. What we liked, what we disliked. See where we go. If you get any questions you want us to cover for next week, put them below and we'll discuss them. No problem. Uh, in the future, we might even do a couple of lives. I don't think we're at that stage yet, but I'd like to do that maybe in the future. Uh, but yeah, I guess. Thank you, Gray, for sticking along for this time. Uh, and until sure. until next week, do your thing, Gray. Live long and prosper. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.